0: You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt fakes, looking to the goal line.
1: He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, Twelves? This is Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 14. The Seahawks look to bounce back against the 0-12 Jets. Before we get into all that, here's Nassi Chobie with injury updates.
0: Thanks, Bump. Well, before we get into injuries, the Seahawks did make some roster moves this week. Quarterback Alex Magoo, a seventh-round pick in 2018, is back with the Seahawks joining the practice squad on Wednesday. Magoo spent his rookie season on Seattle's practice squad, then spent 2019 training camp in Jacksonville before joining Houston's practice squad earlier this year. Additionally, two players have been designated to return to practice this week, running back Rashad Penny and cornerback Quinton Dunbar, which is awesome news. You remember Rashad Penny tore his ACL against the Rams last December. So this will be his first time on the practice field with the team in a really long time. So good to see him back. Quinton Dunbar has not been active since the Bills game. He's been, Hampered with a knee injury, so good to see those guys on the practice field. On the injury front, Pete Carroll gave us an update on Brandon Shell, Jamarco Jones, and Ryan Neal. Brandon's going to work today at practice, so that that's a good sign. We'll, we'll ease him back in. Um, he's real anxious to, to get back, and it seems like he's ready to go. It's going to take all the way to the end of the week on Ryan, and the other guy was uh, right, Jamarco. Jamarco. Yeah, Jamarco. We're gonna, it's going to take us all week to know on Jamarco also. Neither one of those guys are out right now, but uh, we got to make sure that you know, we get enough time to check them out, and I can't tell you yet. All right, and before we get into it, make sure to join us each and every Thursday from noon to two for the Huddle, hosted by Jake and Stacy, along with Seahawks color analyst Dave Wyman. It's your chance to hear directly from the Seahawks players as they prepare for Sunday and preview the game ahead with the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. As you mentioned, it's week 14, the Hawks taking on the Jets. Who's next?
1: Go! The 0-12 New York Jets are next. They are fourth place in the NFC East. I've never been more anxious for a football game. Well, I have, but it's been a while, man. These guys are 0-12. They got shut out by the Miami Dolphins. A professional football team getting shut out um, just isn't good, okay? Let's go through the Ls, okay? They lost to the Bills, the Niners, the Colts, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Bills against the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Chargers. Miami, Las Vegas, they almost got a win last week against Las Vegas, but Greg Williams decided to send the house on the last play of the game and allowed Ruggs to get over the top and score a touchdown. Now, people will focus on the the blitz, but that corner still got beat deep, man. If I'm that corner, I'm sitting at 35 and I'm backpedaling. I'm not taking – I'm not biting on anything They gave that game away. They could be 1-11 right now. Instead, they're 0-12. That
0: That is one of the most painful things I've witnessed with my two eyes on a professional football field. First of all, let's, let's bring everyone back. If you missed the game, here's how it happened. Jets, they're up 20-24. There's 5-34 in the game. The Raiders take the ball. They drive 14 plays, 66 yards. They get stopped on fourth and three. With one forty-two left, you think the game's over at that point. Well, not so fast. Next possession, the Jets have the ball. It's a wrap. They run it three times. You know, I'm not mad at them for doing that. You want to make them burn their timeouts. Boom. You pump the ball back, 42 seconds. And then, as you mentioned, Bump, it is third in 10. It is third in 10 from the 46-yard line. And somehow, the Jets allow this to happen. Carr takes the snap. Here comes an all-out blitz. Steps up in the pocket. Ah! Unloads one down the left sideline. Looking for Rods. Drops it in. Touchdown! Are you kidding me? Henry Ruggs down the sideline, and Carr finds him for a go-ahead touchdown with five seconds to go. Now, that's unbelievable, Bob. Unbelievable how you can allow a receiver to get behind you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, <laughs> I mean, they said it right. I can just feel the pain. It is unbelievable. People were talking a couple weeks ago, getting on the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and, and uh, Shoddy for not going for a fourth down against the Rams. People were out there pretending like that was malpractice. What we saw on Sunday was malpractice. Never, ever. That shouldn't happen on any so level bad. of football. And you're right, Bump. So you're 100% bad. right. You should not have ever called an all-out blitz in that situation. It's, you're essentially, you can only lose by giving up a touchdown. Send your boys back wait, and try to bat the ball down. But you hit the nail on the head. As a corner, as a defensive back in the National Football League, you look at the time and score, you say, okay, only thing that I can't do is give up a touchdown. Why are you jumping on a double move? You should be, like you said, heels at thirty, pedaling on the snap.
1: Back pedal. Back, back. Nothing gets behind you. That was so irresponsible, Greg Williams. (laughs) So irresponsible. Why put your team in that situation? And that corner, I don't know who he is. Bless his heart. You played football for at least eight years. I'm just going to throw it out there. He's played for at least eight years. And if you played for at least eight years, you know you just don't get beat deep. In those situations, the Jets, man, I kind of feel bad for him. But then I don't because I just look at what's going on upstairs, the coaching staff. It's just a debacle over there. No wonder why Jamal wants to get out. Shell got out of there. Uh, poor George Fan is over there enduring. We we love George Fan. Keep ahead of McDougal's over there. This is craziness going on with the Jets. But that's why they scare me. Because a wounded animal will do some crazy things. And these guys are clearly wounded and they just got rid of the D coordinator, so maybe they're rejuvenated. I don't know. You look at film, I don't see much. But let's look at this head-to-head comparison. All right. So total offense, Hawks are ranked eighth. They're 32nd, only averaging 276 yards per game when it comes to the rush offense. They put up 106. That's 19. The Hawks rush for 116. That's 13th. Pass offense, the Seahawks are number eight with 269. The Jets are 32nd. Um, you know what? I'm just looking at the rankings. I'm just going to tell you the rankings. Offense and defense, let's go down the line. Here's the Jets. 32, 19, 32, 32, 29, 11, 31, 30. Man, they stay in the 30s. When it comes to the rankings, <laughs> offense and defense, they are in the 30. They're in the 30-30 club. That's why this team shouldn't beat us. But I'm still nervous. Why am I nervous, NASA Trophy?
0: You're nervous because they're a professional football team, and when you're on 12, there's, you have nothing else to lose. I played on some really bad college football teams. Seasons win, win many games. So, uh, But when you have that mentality, you have nothing to lose. You can go out there and take chances. You can run cover zero blitzes with a game on the <laughs> line because you have nothing to lose. You're 0 and 12. But honestly, I mean, yeah, you look, at, if you look at these numbers, you're just saying there's no way they, they average 15 points a game. That's dead last 15. season in the National Football League. And that got a little bump last week because they scored a couple points. Um, they're allowing 29 points a game. I mean, they statistically, they don't really do anything well. Rush, rush defense is the only thing that they do well. Um, but, again, they get coached. They, and, honestly, my whole thing is, is I, I bet most of the guys on that team, you're playing for your NFL life. So that's the we that's are. the thing that scares me a little bit because it's like listen what you're trying to put on a film it's an audition whether it's with the Jets or another football team you don't want to be the reason people look at the film and say oh that's why they're 0 12 because that guy because of that guy you don't want to be that guy so they're going out there and they're professionals and they're gonna do everything they can to to put on film put on a resume show that like I should be in this league and we're we're on 12 because of everyone else and not because of me so that's what makes them dangerous. But we, we can talk ourselves into as much as we want, man. They're
1: 0-12 for a reason, and the Seahawks need to treat them as such. 0-12, treat them as such. Dominate. We need a dominant performance. Let's talk about their history.
0: Know your history. Well, Seahawks uh, lead the series 11-8 all-time, have won the last three meetings. The last matchup was a 27-17 Seahawks win at MetLife Stadium back in 2016. Russell Wilson, he had himself a day going 23 for 32, 309 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Jimmy Graham, I know you 12s out there always just want to just drag him through the mud as if he did nothing for this football team. He had six receptions, 113 yards on that day. But other than that, it was kind of weird, man. There's some unusual suspects uh, catching touchdowns. Veteran running back C.J. Spiller. A lot of people forget that he played for the Seahawks for a brief stint of time. Kristen Michael and Tanner McAvoy all caught touchdowns for the seahawks that day um and then defensively richard sherman he had two picks and just a little tip of the cap to steve rabel for calling this out back in 2016
1: man oh man richard sherman now he's angry now they're going to throw one his direction he's going to get a pick six you watch fitzpatrick takes a shotgun snap four man rush he's going to throw left again and sherman picks it off right in front of brandon marshall That's right. Go back one more time and try number 25. You don't make that man angry. The Seahawks get the ball at their own 38-yard line.
0: Well, shout out Raves. You know, every once in a while he gets that thing right. Gets that thing right. (laughs) So know your history. The history of the Seahawks have won more than they've
1: lost. They need to keep that up this weekend. All right. We know the history. Let's see what's going on in the division. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? What's the word? I'll tell you what it is. The LA Rams sit on top of the division at eight and four. The Seahawks are eight and four. The Cardinals are in third at six and six, and the Niners are five and seven. It was a rough weekend for the Seahawks. They lost to the Giants, but the Saints, the Packers, and the Rams all won. Meaning the Seahawks, while having the same record as the Rams find themselves second in the division. They got to win this tiebreaker. First, let's get, I don't know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Take care of the Jets first and the Washington football team. And then you worry about those Rams. So if the playoffs were to start today, the Hawks would travel to New York to play the Giants in the wild card. Don't worry. The playoffs don't start today. There's still some games that need to be played. But I like that matchup. If that were to go down, I feel like the Hawks would get it done and get at the Giants and get some revenge because that was an ugly game ugly game but this weekend it was rough on the hawks man yeah they didn't take care of business everyone else did they had to be sick flying home or not not flying up driving home because they were at home
0: yeah no it's tough like you said we didn't get any help the saints take care of business you were hoping the way the falcons were playing that they would give us a little help before drew Brees comes back packers took care of business the eagles are, are struggling for ans- answers shout out to bum for calling jalen hurts to start this entire season it's finally going to happen over there finally um and then the rams won and they and they won. Pretty handily we'll jump into that matchup against the Cardinals. I mean, they beat them 38-28 in Arizona. Game started off well for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray found Dan Arnold for a 59-yard touchdown in the opening drive. They took a 7-0 lead. That was the last time they'd be in the lead for the rest of the ball game. And last week I asked you, I said, Has the league figured out Kyler Murray? Or what have they figured out Cliff Kingsbury? Well, in that game you had three touchdown passes, 21 for 39, only 173 yards threw a pick six, and lost a fumble bump. So is that trend continuing? Is this more on Kingsbury? Or are we still thinking about Murray, and he has to find a way to reinvent himself here?
1: Well, when you throw for three touchdowns, I mean, it's not a horrible game. We would have we would have taken this performance from Russell Wilson last week, 21-39, 173, three touchdowns. We would have taken that. With him, it's more going through your reads because he's so used his arm talent is crazy right he can make every throw out there he has a safety blanket in deandre hopkins so now we just figuring out how to get all your receivers involved now the cardinals have lost three of the four last games if you take away the hail mary pass um that would have been five straight losses Bump. it would have been five <laughs> straight l's five straight l's which isn't good you know what it is it's that and they're kind of dealing with what the, what the Hawks deal with. You know, everything's new. It's fresh. Beginning of the season, you're able just to go out there and play some football. And then at some point, coaches got to coach. Players have to adjust. So do the coaches. And I don't think we're seeing that out of the Cardinals. And they have a young head coach, Kingsbury. He's going to figure this thing out. I, I like Kingsbury. I like his style of play um, when he has the right guys in his personnel. I think he's good to go. But this is adjustments. This is the NFL. No one's perfect. The Steelers lost to the Washington football team. All right. Washington yep, got a good yep. defense, but the Steelers taking an L too. So you just got to get ready to go every day. Now, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup combined for 18 receptions, 158 yards. I'm still going to say it. Cup's underrated. He needs to get more involved. He's not scoring touchdowns. They're treating him as a possession receiver. But I feel like he has more than that in the tank. Now, the 49ers and the Bills. Came out hot. 49ers came out swinging. Yeah, they were like, trying. okay, Niners? Okay, do your thing. Show the Bills what's up. But as the game progressed, progressed, Josh Allen started looking better and better. Now, I wasn't a believer in Josh Allen. I still don't think he's an MVP-type guy, but every year he's progressed. He's gotten better and better. And went, for the 49ers, they have two of the best receivers in the division right now. I, I, Debo Samuel, Brennan Ayuk. Next year, I think they're going to be one of the best duos in the league. But you have Nick Mullins, who tends to turn the ball over. I saw a stat that game What within his first, what, something like 17 games, 18 games or something like that. He's third all time in passing yards. So <laughs> Nick Mullins has been getting it done, but he turns the ball over, and um, they just need more help. They need, need, a, need a better quarterback. Kittle needs to be back. They just need more help over there.
0: Yeah, and then they, run it, they ran into the Bills, who are there's a good football team. I mean, the Seahawks, we figured that out down in Buffalo. Josh Allen, the thing about him is he used to turn the ball over, which is kind of his kryptonite. He hasn't been yeah. doing that as much lately. So he's Josh Allen's a baller, just straight up. Uh, like you said, not an MVP candidate, but he's definitely a baller, and he's probably going to lead them to their first division title since back in the 90s. So it's been a minute. And then you talk about the Niners. The thing that scares me about them is, look, the Seahawks we talked all year about this stretch of games which is when we were going to make our hay right here, right? You got the Giants, you got the Jets, the Washington football team. We played the Eagles week before. You knew we had a tough game against the Rams, the Cardinals are kind of slipping in the four, in the 49ers. But the thing is if the Niners get Jimmy G and Kittle back, they're they have enough guys that are healthy that can that looks like part of the shell of the team that they used to be. Mosterts back, right? Sherman's playing. That game's going to be tough, and, and the Seahawks mm-hmm. are going to end the season with two division games. Obviously, you have to beat the Rams to have any chance of winning the division, but you can't sleep on those Niners. I buried them, had a funeral for them earlier this season. <laughs> they're going to try to wake up from the dead and, and try to play spoiler and upset alert for against you know the Rams and the Seahawks down the stretch. But it'll be interesting, obviously, keep an eye on the 49ers because for whatever reason, they're not dead, and if they get those guys back, it's going to be a tough game.
1: It's amazing what a couple of weeks do to you. Couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, we're riding high. Let's just get through this stretch. We're good to go. But that's the NFL for you, man. You gotta come ready to play. Even this week against the ON Twelve Jets. All right. Let's look at these matchups. Man up.
0: Hey, who is this? Who yeah. is this? Man up man up, man up. Man up, man up, man up on Hawk Talk. Sam Darnold. University of Southern California. Uh, He had that amazing game against Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Kind of got everyone on his head. That's why he gets drafted third overall to the New York Jets. Third-year quarterback. He's been banged up a little bit this year. He's 142 for 241 for 1,428 yards, five touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Um, Still a decent athlete, 23 carries, 173 yards, two touchdowns. While he's been playing in those nine games, he's been sacked 25 times. And... He's missed time with a shoulder injury, so he's been banged up a little bit. But I don't know about Sam because I thought he was going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. And I don't know how much is this of his play this year and over his career in the NFL is because of him or because of the organization he plays for, different coordinators, different head coaches, moving pieces, uh, seemingly dysfunction. But when Darnold's been in there, he's made some plays. Yep. But overall, he's really
1: struggled. He struggled, man. And I'm going to blame. I'm blaming the coaches with Sam Darnold. I'm blaming the coaches because I see his arm talent. I see his mobility. He'll do some things where you're like, man, this dude can play football. But then you just look at what's around him. He just has no help. He has no help. He's in a dysfunctional organization. Maybe it's, he's from Cali, so I'm showing him a little bit more love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Sam Darnold, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say because he's in this crazy organization called the new york jets he's gonna struggle what hurts that case is that man you ain't put up 31 time this year this team has not scored 30 points one time this year your jets are 32nd when it comes to overall offense you naturally want to put the onus on the quarterback which you probably should they get paid the most They're the face of the football team also they he got frank gore running the rock for him frank gore i love you Triple OG, been in the game forever, but come on, he can't be your feature back. The fact you got Frank Gore back there, you have Crowder as your number one receiver. Again, Crowder, not a not a bad ball player, but he's just not a number one receiver. He don't have a lot of help, but he is the quarterback, so he has to take a lot of that blame. Well, I just cannot wait for Hawks
0: Live. Don't forget to tune in on Thursday night. Listen to Michael bumpus and Paul Moyer break down the game because we're going to talk to somebody from the New York media. And I want you to come with that same talk about Sam Darnold, and I promise you, you are going to get roasted. <laughs> they, they are going to be singing a completely hey. different tune out there, man.
1: <laughs> hey, they weren't filming me last week with no. Ingram and the Giants. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with Sam. He needs help. Dude has talent. They're, they're already okay. talking
0: about. They're already talking about the homeboy from Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I just you don't think do think he's got a fair shot.
1: They're going to draft him and jack his, his career up, too. That's what the Jets do, man. They don't help nobody out. All right, next matchup, Russell Wilson versus the Jets defense. Russell was 305 for 436, 3,479 yards, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He has 68 carries for 424 yards and one touchdown. Russell had two turnovers and struggled against the Giants defense last Sunday. We know that. He looked a bit confused. Maybe it's a concept. There's a lot of things going on. People put a lot lot of the blame on Russell. Again, he's a quarterback. He will get a lot of that, but there's things going on around him. However, uh, he's good following losses. He's 33-9 and in his career after a loss. I expect him to do his thing, especially against one of the worst defenses in the NFL at this point. The Jets ranked 29th. When it comes to yards allowed at 398 yards per game, but they are good against the run. So does that mean we're gonna see Russ throw the ball 47 times again? I hope not.
0: Yeah, because I mean we talk about we've talked about balance all year long. And balance isn't necessarily 50 run, 50 pass, but what it is is they need to work together. You need to each each sets up each other. The run has set the pass, and vice versa. But forty seven is too much. 47 for damn near every quarterback, maybe excluding Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. At 47, you're not doing enough in the run game, whether it's you're not going back to it enough. The thing about it is, so I know Ray was talking a lot about this, about how we didn't, didn't feel like we ran the ball two times at all back-to-back throughout the game against the Giants. There was one instance where we did, and we were going to run a third time, and that was when Russ fumbled the snap or there was that center exchange.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they seem to do a better job of taking care of the football and not getting into situations where you cannot run the football. When it's second and 35, you, mm. I mean, when it's third and 15, I mean, just stay out of those situations. Don't get behind the sticks. I and mean, you mentioned it, man. They're 31st in pass defense. They're 30th in points allowed. They've only sacked the opposing quarterback 20 times. They're not good. They, they, they haven't really stopped anyone <laughs> this year. The one thing that I will say, new defensive coordinator – I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel in one week. But what I will say is if you've been on that defensive staff and there maybe you've had all these calls in your pocket saying, ah, we never run this, we haven't done this, this is your time to shine. You guys haven't won a game yet, so they could come out and throw out some crazy stuff we don't know yet um, because they, they, have to make, they have to come up with stuff to stop this offense. I think this is the week we get right. Russell has a big game, and I'm looking forward to seeing it.
1: I hope you are correct, sir. The Jets are allowing 29 points per game. Let's go ahead and put up 35 on them. Let's Mm -hmm. just get that down. All right, next matchup. Jets receiving core versus Seahawks secondary. Now, you have Jamison Crowder, 40 receptions, 500 yards, five touchdowns. He's their lead receiver. I see him as a number three. Rashad Perriman. Remember when he was in his heyday? Mm -hmm. Man, he was a threat. He's just not who he used to be. 23 receptions, 374 yards, three touchdowns. Dizelle Mims. 19 receptions, 324 yards. Braxton Berrios, 26 receptions, 256 yards, two touchdowns. They don't have any marquee names. They don't have any down the threat guys. Now, Crowder has, I believe, a, a 63-yard touchdown, but that was more like a screen look where he made a guy miss. They were, man, boom, he turn on the Jets and go. But they dink and dunk down the field. There's nobody who is going to put pressure on on this seahawks secondary i think this is the game this is the game where we have two or three turnovers on defense
0: yeah i hope you're exactly right i think i think we got to bring pressure i think we got to get last week we had a couple sacks not what we've been seeing the last five or six weeks i think we got to bring pressure i could see jamal adams having this man might have three sacks he might have yeah. three sacks and a strip sack, force fumble, running back for a touchdown. He's going to be possessed. We'll talk about him in just a second. But I think this defense is going to cause a lot of turnovers. I would look for Shaquille Griffin to get a pick. If Quentin Dunbar is back, I would look for him to be active. He's been running. He's been rehabbing. He's going to come back fresh. So this looks like a week that the secondary continues to play well. Quandre Diggs has four interceptions on the year, so we'd love to see that. Now the next matchup, Chris Carson against the Jets front seven. So Carson on the year has got 87 carries for 429 yards, four touchdowns. 27 receptions, 210 yards, and four touchdowns. Carson's played in eight games, but he's really played in, like, six because you missed half the game against the Cardinals, and then the game went to overtime. Yep. In the last two weeks, he's been on a pitch count. He hasn't really gotten the full brunt uh, of the work. But I'm going to continue to say this. We talk about balance. Chris Carson's a guy that needs to touch the ball 20 times. And I mean, in those 20... He needs to at least be targeted. So it's either that could be 15 runs, five passes. That can be twelve runs, five receptions, but he was targeted three more. He just needs to be involved in a part of it because when he's not, it's just it almost feels like a waste in our offense. It's not doing our offense justice. You know, looking at the Jets, they they'll play all they'll play cover two. They'll play some three. They'll play some man. We got to be able to run the ball. When they're in cover two, and I looked at their safety play, whether they're in three or you know cover zero man free whatever they're in their safeties are deep when they have someone in center field he's 30 yards off the ball we need to be able to run the ball so i'm hoping that uh, chris carson can get that done on sunday
1: i think he will i think because the hawks lost against the giants they're like okay it's time to let him go if the Hawks would have beat the Giants, they would have kept them on a the pitch count. At this point, the urgency is up. They need to go. I think Carson's going to touch the ball 20 times like you are asking for him to do. Now, the Jets are good against the run. They're ranked 11th in the NFL, allowing 107 yards per game. So that's one of the things they do well. They don't do many things well. I think mm-hmm. that's the only thing they do well, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Is, yep. is, is run defense. But... There is a guy named Chris Carson who usually makes the first guy miss, who runs hard, who gets downhill, who I feel is ready to get let loose. We're going to see that this weekend. I'm just going to call it. All right, now the next matchup we're looking at, Jamal Adams and Brandon Shell against their former team. Now, there's no more Greg Williams. Remember all that talk mm-hmm. Greg Williams said, Jamal's going to be bored in their defense. Jamal ain't bored, man. Seven and a half sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 58 tackles. He is active. Now, you listen to Pete Carroll talk. And without listening to Pete Carroll talk, you know Jamal Adams is a little more vocal than Brandon Shell. Jamal right. Adams is going to talk to you on the sideline, pregame, postgame. So he'll be emotionally invested. He says Brandon Schell is more on the shy type. Like, look, I'm just going to show up, do my thing. So they're going to balance each other out. And I wonder if they're going to have a conversation about this. Does not even matter? They're 0-12. I understand you're playing against your former team, but they're not very good. You should ball out against them. I expect Jamal... To do what he does, it's gonna be hard to tell if Jamal is is emotionally just just out of whack because he's a talker. Yeah, you see how he feels. He wears, wears his emotion on his sleeve, so it's gonna to be tough to tell. There might be a little more juice there. Brandon Shell is the one I'll pay more attention to because if he is um, a little more amped up, you should be able to see it.
0: Yeah, and the thing about Brandon Shell is, I think it's more like the motivation for him is like y'all just passed on me, y'all gave up. You said, i yeah. go." Locals- Consequently, go sign George Fant to go play tackle. And I think that's where the motivation comes. Like, nah, you gave up on me. I'm in a better situation. I'm going to show you what you're missing. So he's going to do everything he can to be active and ready to go for this game. And with Jamal, he's a professional. He's still going to do his thing. But I mean, I think if you talk to him, you'd be lying to say you're not just a little bit more jacked up, especially the Gotta way you be. went out. You're coming back and whoo, it's going to be talking. I wish we could get Jamal mic'd up this <laughs> week because my goodness, he's going to be talking and every time he makes a play. So, but I also feel like that's going to spread throughout the defense. I feel like guys are going to get pumped. They're going to see him. They're going to want to play well defensively as a unit for Jamal for everyone get back on track. So. I think Jamal's going to ball out. I'm just going to call it here. He is going to have three sacks
1: and a forced fumble on Sunday. Book it, write it down. You heard it here from Nassie Shelby, three sacks and a forced fumble. And I'm going to say Shell doesn't give up any sacks this week. Mm-hmm. None. He's going to hold it down. Lock it down. Might have
0: a couple pancakes in the run game. You know, he's going he's gonna to be, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Good vibes we're sending. Good vibes we're sending over there. All right, let's talk about their path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. First thing you got to do is take care of the teams you're supposed to beat. Didn't do it last week. This is the week to do it. 0-12. No reason. There's no threats on offense. Aren't any threats on defense. I have a good linebacker in Hewitt who has like 103 tackles but there's no names out there that just jump out at you and you're like, man, we got to look after that guy. Quentin Williams, the uh, number three pick in 2019 draft at Alabama D tackle is playing well as of late three sacks the last three games. I get it, but there's no one there that causes true concern. This is a team you should beat, go out and dominate. From the, from the warm-up. Dominate the warm-up. I want y'all to go out. How about everyone, if you got abs, go out in the DK half-cut shirt. You know what I'm saying? Flex on them real quick. Do something. From the jump, take care of this football team.
0: No question about it. I want to see all of that. I want to see all the juice. I want to see all the energy. Like you said, I want it starting in pregame. And get back to what you do in offense, man. This offense is explosive plays in the pass game in a tough physical run game. Now, We've lost some of those explosive plays the last handful of weeks, and they just need to get back to doing that by playing off each other. You get those explosive plays from being able to dominate the run game, getting an offensive line engaged and physical and going, and then vice versa. You get some deep balls in the past game, then you can hand off to Chris Carson. We need to get back to that, and Russ needs to bounce back in a big way. I think he will, and as you've been preaching all week, let's mix in some of that short game. If they're going to play too high and stay off back, let's mix in some of that short game and make them try to jump some of those routes and beat them over the top.
1: Yes, and let's get after Sam Darnold. He saw a ghost at one point of his career. <laughs> let's bring those ghosts back, man. I need a sound bite. <laughs> I see ghost part two featuring Sam Darnold. I need that again, okay? Get after the kid. Make him use all of his quarterback techniques. He has to read, shift. I'm all about pre-snap movement when it comes mm-hmm. to the defense. It's because it makes, it makes off as a line communicate. He might move the back. I mean, make him get into his tool bag. Make him see ghosts. Get after Sam Darnold. He wants to turn the ball over. We need about two from him.
0: Oh yeah, no question about it. Make him see Ghosts again. I love it. Featuring the Seahawks defense as a starring role. Protect your house, man. <laughs> you lost for the first time and hopefully the last time at Lumen Field this season. Get it done. Get back to winning ways. They're 0-12. You're a better football team. Handle it on the field. Uh reminder, guys, you can hear us everywhere. Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and much more. Also, Kyra Radio on 710 ESPN Seattle is your home for the Seattle Seahawks. And don't miss the Pete Carroll Show on 710 ESPN Seattle at 930 when he joins Danny Gallant and Michael Bumpus the morning after every game. 9-4, Bump. Get it done.
1: Let's go 9-4. All right, the Jets are coming into town. That was Hawk Talk Preview Week 14. The Seahawks take on the Jets. I'm Michael Bumpus along with Nassar Have a good one.